the men's conference. Thank you very much, and you may be seated. Thank you, Tim Mahoney. What an introduction. I hope you represent me at the judgment seat of Christ. <laughs> I'm not a preacher. I'm a public speaker. And I speak everywhere I go. The Bible says preach as you go. That's what Jesus said. That's what I do. Everywhere there are people, I drop my bum. <laughs> I'm not going to leave them like I found them. Wherever there are people, I'm on deck. And you should be, if you have the Holy Ghost, or give it back. Give it back. Don't waste it. And Brother Dean, last night, that object lesson I will never forget. And I want to tell them there's no virgin soil left out there. And if you don't have this, and I'm going to use this, thank you. I'm going to use it often, but there's no virgin soil left out there. If you're looking for the goodies, they're all gone. We've got a redemption message, and we are the redemption for millions in this generation. And their blood's going to be on our hand if we don't reach them. Don't sit down in the middle structure of things and think you've got a lease on this. God will break out of these walls and it'll scare you to death when he starts ripping through this generation. So thank you, Brother Dean. You're a man after God's own heart. You put the trumpet to your mouth last night and you gave a clear sound. And Brother Cox, you are our God-chosen, God-ordained superintendent of the Louisiana District. You are doing an outstanding job, and nobody better not mess with you or they'll have my prayers against them. I mean it. I mean that. Did you hear me tell him that, Pastor Terry? You heard it, didn't you? I'm not trying to make marks with him. If you want to know how great he is, ask those two great pastors sitting there. I can't tell you how great this man is. And, of course... My pastor, whose name I proudly share, and Brother Terry, 
men full of the Holy Ghost and faith and wisdom and of good report. And my gentry is walking in their steps and he's not a whit behind the chiefest. And it is a great joy and a distinct honor to be invited to address Louisiana Men's Conference 2013. I'm numbered, outnumbered here today. It's a man's world. <laughs> but don't underestimate me. I just didn't want to show you men up when I... I read about one woman, there are many in there. Deborah, one man wouldn't even go to war without Deborah. He got penalized, she got all the honor too. But I read about one this morning in Judges 9. It says a certain woman, she threw a big something over a wall where Abimelech, a great warrior, was trying to climb over the wall and terrorize the people. She just dropped a big hunk on his head and his skull and he told his armor bearer, said, please uh, put your spear through me and kill me. I don't want it said that a woman killed me. <laughs> well, Jerry, you and Brother Cox have already killed us, so I'm not going to kill you. But be glad you're a man. Be glad you're a man. This tabernacle is filled with men from all over this nation. Nearly every walk of life is represented here today. Young and old, single and married, different nationalities, but you're here to be better prepared for life, for relationships with your wives and your children and with your fellow man. But first of all, with our great and all-powerful God, our maker, our creator, our preserver, and governor of all, who 2,000 years ago became a man, the man Christ Jesus, and lived on this planet in a human body just like yours to reach men. So be glad you are a man, but want to be a better man, better equipped spiritually, more sensitive to the call of God upon your lives more responsible to the needs of your families, more comfortable with yourselves in those private moments when a thousand fears nag at you incessantly, more secure with God and your fellow human beings. Be glad to be men, but want to be better men, to joyfully display the supreme excellence in all the spheres of your life, the wasted life, is the life without passion. God calls us to pray, to think, to dream, and plan, and work. Not to be made much of, but to make much of Him. Of Him in every part of our lives. And the tragedy is, most people whose breath is in their nostrils, and just one heartbeat away from eternity, slip through this life never making a mark and without a passion for God, their maker, their creator, their savior, spending their lives on trivial diversions, living for comfort and pleasure, and perhaps, just maybe, trying to avoid sin. 
So my message to you today will warn you, you better not get caught up in a life that counts for nothing. And I pray to challenge you to live and die boasting in the cross of Jesus Christ and his so great salvation and making the glory of God your singular passion. If you believe that to live is Christ and to die is gain, then learn well to live for Christ and don't waste your life. Just one life, one chance, one time around, no reruns, don't waste it. Jesus said, not a preacher, Jesus said, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. In this famed portion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, the greatest piece of literature ever recorded on planet Earth, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you ought to memorize it. He is telling us, be a wise man. Choose wisely where you bank your treasures. Make a wise investment because you can lose it all. The Enron, Mclon, and WorldCom investments, likewise, will tell you you can lose it all. We think of how God gave the rocks one million years, the trees 1,000 years, the elephant, the elephant 100 years. But man, man made in the image of God, only a little lower than the angels with empires in his brain, with kingdoms in his heart, only three score years and ten, and then be lowered into a six-foot abyss by his fellows to deeply be mourned and soon forgotten. Are his achievements confined within the boundaries of frail breath? His greatest expectations never to be realized? because of shortness of time and failing health? Why only three score years and ten? Because man's majestic endowments demand immortality, eternity, heaven. Man is made for transplanting. Selah, let that sink in. We are here on this earth for only a few short years while time and eternity swiftly pass on. The wood of man's cradle rubs against the marble of his tomb. And if he's fortunate enough to live 70 years, he is still subject to sorrow, disease, flood, drought, famine. The earthquake shakes his land. His cities crumble. And if a tornado dips too close, his countryside is stripped. Let an epidemic cross his path, and chances are he will fall victim. He is dwarfed by space. He is intimidated by his environment. He cannot endure extremes of heat or cold or elevation. No wonder we ask, who am I? Why am I really here? 
Where am I going? Fortunately, we have that blessed book, the Word of God, which one woman who attended Mickey's Seven uh, ministry last week absolutely sat there yesterday morning while Brother Marshall taught, and she said, I can't lay this book down. Can you read it too much? Thank God for those coming in that we can wash their feet and wash off their past, and they're going to wake up us traditional Pentecostals. The only purpose that you are here for three score years and ten really reduces itself to this, a wise investment. Where are you banking? Three score years and ten really reduces itself to a wise investment. You and I are making a deposit every day. And so much is being stolen from us. So much. The thieves are there every day. The rust, the moth of this permissive society and this untoward, perverse generation. They're doing an incalculable damage to every one of us. The mission of this planet is to produce great men and women for transplanting life beyond the sky, life in a world without end. It seems to never get across to us. Brother Cox being having to be helped down the stairs. That will not talk to our young brother Cox and then the younger. I, 87 years old here, my breath is short. I'm deteriorating, but I'm preaching as I go. If my legs play out, I'm going to use my mind. If my strength goes, I'm going to wave my handkerchief. I'm going to give glory to the one who was hanged between two thieves. He's going to get everything I got. He's going to get everything I've got. Oh, the business of Satan and the forces of hell is to prevent that. He's here to shrivel your life and reduce you to a caricature of the real thing. He knows his destiny. He knows that one of those big angels with a chain is going to come down with a key and unlock the bottomless pit and slam him in there. You're going to follow him? Not I, said the little red hen. You won't outshout me. You won't outpray me. You won't outfast me. You won't outworship me. I double dog dare you to try it. Sit down. You're taking my time. Oh, that I could say it as pungently and poignantly. As did my Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount. Oh, oh, I love that Sermon on the Mount. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Oh, oh, Brother Mandy. Yes, he's with me here today. 
And Anthony, you're in Terry's covering. Gives me this authority and privilege, Brother Cox and Brother Dean. But moth and rust is not going to corrupt me, not at 87. Thieves are not going to steal my treasures. I'm laying up my treasures in that home on high. I'm trusting, fully trusting in my Savior's love. I'm not going to waste a day. I'm not going to waste a moment. I'm not going to sleep my life away either. I'm going to give him every waking moment. I want to dream about him, talk about him, sing about him, pray about him. I want to give this everything I've got. Verses later, where he told you not to lay up treasures on this earth, he tells you how to lay them up in heaven. Seek. Seek. Seek with seeking prayer. Seek it. Seek it. You'll get it. Stay close to that Ark of the Covenant and run after it. It'll open doors that, you're, that would blow your mind. It opened up a Red Sea and a Jordan. It'll open up anything. It'll open doors you can't even imagine. I'm telling you, man, you've got an awesome opportunity. Don't waste it. Dangerous. Seek first the kingdom of God. First of all, get born again. You can't even get in without being born again. If you're here and you don't have the Holy Ghost, give me your portion or come get it. I'll take all I can get of that. It's the greatest power on planet Earth. I don't want to live without being full of it. I'll get mean and ugly without it. <laughs> That's one of the greatest and most vital principles that Jesus Christ ever laid down. Seek first. It is the secret. It is the clue which he put into our hands to guide us through this labyrinth of life to eternal life. Jesus Christ places first what we degrade to a very subordinate, excuse me, position. He completely reversed the world's philosophy and seeking things first and God last. We place in that first place position, letterheads, resumes, material things, treasures upon earth, what shall we eat, drink, or wear? Jesus put the label of things on all these. Then he promises that if you will put things into the background and start off each day deliberately attending first to your relationship with God, that's where your power comes from, gentlemen. You need not worry about things. They will automatically fall into place. Because your heavenly Father that loves you better than anybody could ever love you knows that you have need of these things. He said it. He said the kingdom of God is, one, is the only thing worthy of first place in your thoughts and your activities. He said the kingdom of God is as much higher than the physical and the material as the heavens are above the earth. It is set above them. It's not underneath the heavens. It's above the heavens that I'm going after. 
The things of the soul are far greater important than the things of the body. Righteousness is better than riches. The peace of God that passeth understanding is sweeter by far than all that can be gained without it. The joy of the Holy Ghost is deeper and more lasting than all the joys that come from material possessions. But it seems with all of us, the last thing we know is what to put first. That's all he wants is first. It is not thought for these things, but it is anxious thought, absorbing care in which everything else is lost sight of. That's what Jesus is talking about. He's not suggesting poverty or that we should impoverish ourselves. Mary of Bethany was not rebuked for possessing the box of costly ointment, very precious. She is, Jesus is not telling us that it is a matter of good and bad or right and wrong, but it is a matter of first and second. We may be a person of wealth or a hardworking, diligent worker seeking to provide the necessities of the physical existence. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? And where we shall live have to do seriously with, the, with your life and the lives of your family. So the scriptures say, if a man provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own household, he hath denied the faith, and he's worse than an infidel. Hardworking men are honorable men. These things are, are of great importance, but not what? Shout it at me. Say they're not first. not first. But if you'll put him first and his kingdom first, he'll add all these other things. He'll see if you can pay tithes on a million dollars when you can't even pay it on a hundred dollars. When the kingdom of God is first, these things follow. The treasures of Egypt may be sought for, provided only that the kingdom of God is the highest rule and passion of your life. But when you prefer them and seek the things which are seen, which are temporal, rather than the things which are not seen, which are eternal, then we grieve and we stifle and we quench the Holy Ghost and he departs from us. And you sit there with your hands folded and you're not a praiser or a worshiper or a prayer warrior because this world has stifled out the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost is always running after more. The Holy Ghost attracts. The Holy Ghost dispels fears. The Holy Ghost gives me power that I would not have standing here today as an 87-year-old woman, but I'm full of the Holy Ghost and he's given me strength and breath. I challenge you to get full of the Holy Ghost before you leave these grounds. The wise King Solomon in his assessment of life in Ecclesiastes graphically tells us it's not to be found under the heaven. You won't find it here, sir. You won't find it here, gentlemen. Men of the cloth, you won't find it here either. If you'll put him first, he'll give you everything. Amen. Said he would. Haggai the prophet writes, Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, 
That's a bunch that nobody can number. He said something. Consider your ways. You've sown much and you bring in little. You eat, but you never get enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there's none warm. What shall we eat and what shall we wear? Always wanting more. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put them in a bag with what? You know, so consider your ways. God of hosts said that. If you want God's blessings and favor upon your life, God must be first. Say not. Second. Not. First. First of all, who? He must be first in our time, our days, our finances. He must be first in everything. He is first on every page in the Bible. We must get on that same page with him. I want to run with him. I'm yoked up with him. I'm chained to him. I'm changing everybody I meet if I can. We haven't done it good enough yet, Jerry. You haven't preached your best sermons either. And Anthony and Terry, you haven't preached yours either. And any other preachers in here, you ought to be striving to preach the best ones. The best ones. Say, I want to be the best praiser in my church. I want to be the best worshiper. I want to be the most faithful prayer warrior and tithe payer. Yes. Somebody ought to holler, yes, I do. He said, I am the first. I am the I'm the Alpha and the, and, and the Omega. He will not allow himself to be anywhere else. He's going to be first. He'll overturn, overturn, overturn in your life. And all the running around in this building won't keep him from doing it. you got to get some of that running on the inside, folks. you got to get some of this between your two ears. you got to get a made-up mind. Oh, God is love. I can't preach that strong enough. You can't preach that strong enough. But he loves us too much to leave us where he found us. And he chastens those he loves. There are so many firsts in our lives as Christians. I just want to give you two or three. He wants our first fruits. That just doesn't mean your tithes. But he said, prove me and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer. Say, wow. 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 That's powerful. He said, give me a chance and see if I won't do all of that. I wish somebody shout, I'm going to do it. I am doing it. <laughs> Say, now, Lord, open up the windows of heaven. Go ahead and ask him right now. Go ahead, Greg. Say, God, I'm your man walking in your steps. You preached a powerful sermon Wednesday night. I'm telling you, folks, we got more power in this room than we know what to do with. I know Brother Osborne's just waiting to get up here, but you're full of the same kind of power. You may not be a pulpit minister, but you are a minister. Stand on your feet and take my time.
You may be seated. Don't try to climb over that wall. Here's a woman with a stone. I hope I live a little longer. Pray I do. I'm the best friend those two men over there have. And Brother Cox, you know I'm your best friend. And you know what else he wants to be first in your life? Say prayer. prayer. Say first of all prayer. They've got a powerful foundation in that POA. I know. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Don't be a sissy or a coward. And old age is not for sissies. You ain't there yet. It ain't for sissies. Jerry, I screamed for you last night, but I want them to sit here and just listen. And then they can interrupt me if they want to. I don't have to finish this. They can stop me anytime they want to if they'll just cry out, I've heard enough and it's all I can stand. I'm going to get all that woman's talking about. You may be seated. God commands you to pray. Try to pass him up on that. He authorizes you to pray. The devil stole your authority, but he got it back. And he said, if you want it, you can come after it and get it. I've got it. All of it in heaven and earth. You want it? That's why I'm standing here today. Somebody put it in me. We need men of prayer who are able to bring the influence of the age to come into this age. You can do it. This world can be brought under the obvious control of the kingdom of God. When Moses lifted up his hands as Israel warred with and against, and against her enemies, Israel say prevail. But when Moses allowed his hands to fall, Israel suffered until Aaron and her held up his hands. Then Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people, and a great victory was wrought. This is the greatest symbol of intercession at work, and you need to come alongside your pastor, and he has moments that he'd like to go to ch slow boat to China or go to New York and get on a subway and never look back. I know. But if you'll come alongside him and say, you're the greatest thing that ever happened in Alexandria. You're the greatest. You're the best. Whatever you got to do. And say, count on me. Say, look at me. Go home and tell them, look at me. You got me. I'm the wind under your wings. I'm in the shadows just waiting for you to whistle. What's so wrong with the rest of you sitting down? Come on and try to get up. I can't help it, Anthony. I can't help it. Please come along and straighten me out or help me. You may be seated. Thank you. He does want us to gather, say, on the first day of the week. 
And let me just tell you before I leave that about prayer. Say he begged three men in the inner circle of his apostolic group. He begged them to watch and pray with him for just one hour. But say they missed it. Just say that with me. Come on, everybody said, say they missed it. Didn't nobody Kodak it. It was a horrible sight, but they missed it. I can't, I, I weep about that. I weep that those three men couldn't watch and pray for one hour. I told Gentry as we were riding along this morning, I said to him, I said, Gent, uh, you're not as tired as I am, but I know you're tired because you spend many hours at night at that church that your parents don't even know and that I don't even know. But I said, if you'll keep that up and never stop it, nobody can stop you. You get your mind made up and you set your goal, young man, and you put your hand in the hand of the man that can do anything you ever ask him to do. He'll help you do anything that you want done if you'll put him first. Pay your tithes, pray, say go to, go to church, worship, bring your tithing. It's a timeless covenant and privilege, not a grudging legal requirement. That's one reason God slammed the door on that first covenant people for 400 years. You owe your rent on this house right here to him. And everybody that doesn't pay their rent, he evicts them. Get out. He does. He wants us to show our family members that God must be first in everything. Don't stay home and send your kids. Go to church and have a pew for them. The old-fashioned family pew is gone. Faithfulness to church, say in prayer, in worship, in giving, in witnessing. Preach as you go, but love people. You're not going to win people by condemning them. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn I came to give you life and that more abundantly. You've got to get them to loving you and allow them to come as slowly as they want to come. Don't kill them before they get there. And then let God, let, say let the Holy Ghost. Say let the Holy Ghost do some things. That's why he came. I don't care how loud you holler. If you put me out, I'll shut this down and go sit down. And until then, you're not hollering loud enough. Okay, 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 okay. The, 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 the bases are going to be loaded for Brother Terry. If he'll hit a home run, he'll knock us all home. We're going to win. We're going to win. This is a winning conference. <laughs> By these things that I've mentioned, your families and neighbors and friends will know where your treasures and your heart really is. You cannot give God some of your heart and the world and things another portion. One or the other has to receive it all, or all, or none at all. Because Jesus said, you cannot serve God in mammon. Say, Jesus said that. Jesus said that. 
He said you cannot love God and love this world system. He's not talking about this beautiful geographical world. It's this world system that the devil is in every bit of it. The devil's in even me standing here. I could let pride get a hold of me and he'd slam me out of here. I'm telling you folks, it's the worst sin you can commit is pride. And when you get to believe in your own letterheads and what people say about you, you're in for trouble. I know who I am. Uh, uh, I won't go any further. I won't tell on myself. You see enough. He tells his people, Israel, if you will serve me and seek me first, I will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings shall come upon thee. Deuteronomy 28 and 2 shall come upon thee and overtake thee. If, they'll hark, if you'll hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, I'm rushing. I will bless your family and your fields, your cattle and the flocks of the sheep. I will bless all that thou settest thine hand to do. I will cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee seven ways. Say, wow. That's what I'm talking about. No sea, no giant, no nation, no nothing shall prevail against you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. I'll make you the head and not the tail. I never did want to be the tail. You will, that's where I'll be at the judgment seat of Christ if I'm not careful. And you will be too. You will be above only thou shalt be beneath. I will make thee plenteous and open unto you my good treasure. Prove me. He's asking again. Believe me. If you will make me your treasure, I will make you my peculiar treasure in all the earth. But if you turn aside to seek other gods and things, I'll send upon you cursings, vexation, and rebuke in all that thou settest thine hand to do. And thou shalt be distraught because thou hast forsaken me. Then Jesus came saying, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these blessings that I've just named shall come upon thee. They'll overtake thee. I'll take care of you. I'll fight your battles. I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. My unsearchable riches are yours if you'll put me first. So make a wise investment because you can lose it all. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Only a fool would fail to heed that warning. Only a fool. There are things that count and there are things that do not count. The matters of life that heaven recognizes that will count for all eternity are your God. Say it with me. Say, my God. My, God. my, family. my family. My church. My church. Say, that's all life is. All life is. Say, these are, my these are my treasures. They are your treasures in heaven's sight. This young man sitting right there in front of me, made in God's image, it's stamped upon him. He's worth more than this whole world, just one of you sitting out there. He'll live on when the rocks and the trees and the elephants are no more. He's made for transplanting, saving, investing him. If he's a prodigal, watch and wait for him until you see him coming home and then run to meet him, fall on his neck and weep. If he's lost, leave everything and go out and search for him until you save him, no matter the cost. I read of a prodigal that Jesus told about that never did make it to the father's house. The father met him on his way to the father's house. So you're not the judge, sir. You're not the judge. My God will run after anything. He'll stay up all night to look for a little lamb that strayed from the place. 
you're not the judge. I'm not the judge. I'm going after a soul if it's just quivering. If it's just got one little breath left or one little heartbeat left, I'm going after it. I'm not going to destroy it or kill it. If they're destroyed, they'll destroy themselves. If he's overtaken in a fault, restore him. That's what the book says. Redeem him. And then try to involve him somewhere. That's why Paul broke the alabaster box of his life and poured it out upon the head of the gladiator, the slave, and the outcast. His life wrote history, too. He created greater wealth than coin, tapestry, or marble. He said things don't count. Only the souls of men and all else is dung, fertilized. Callot refuse. Jesus Christ died for people, not things. Here's my father's book. It's a wonderful treasure for your, uh, for your home. Your children need to read about first Pentecostals breaking into and penetrating the society of this world. Miracles, signs, and wonders are recorded in here, and they've been documented. I'll be waiting over here. If you want one, I'll sign it for you because I know what it will do for you. He said things don't count. Jesus Christ. He created ladies and gentlemen out of sin scavengers. He touched their lives and they regained dignity. He lifted Mary Magdalene out of a pit of shame. He redeemed the Gadarene who was tearing up an entire community. He loved Nicodemus, a religious man of riches, fortune, and fame. He rode a lad and his lunch into fame. He never forgot his cousin, John the Baptist. He could spread a breakfast as easily as he could cleanse a temple. There was always enough of him. Enough for children, enough for the sick, enough for every congregation. Enough for his family, enough for his friends, the poor, the outcast, every ethnic group, enough for the whole world. He poured out his life even unto death, and of his fullness have all of us received, and all he asks is, seek me first in my kingdom. We have forgotten that our wealth is in the lives of our family and their eternal destiny, in the quality of our homes and the faith in our souls. And the church, God's redemption center, that's what your church is. Take that away and all that is left is a shallow, hollow unreality. But there are things that moth and rust cannot corrupt and thieves cannot break through and steal. And one of these is a godly heritage. That's what Brother Cox was talking about. That's the greatest treasure you can lay up for your family. A goodly heritage. Not a screaming, yelling, cursing, drunken, carousing heritage. Not an abusive, stingy, greedy, lazy, grumpy, hard to get along with heritage. Not a pornography, internet, filthy, playboy, magazine, dirty jokes heritage. But a godly heritage. No moth, no rust, no thief can remove my godly heritage laid up for me by my parents. Their prayers, their intercessions for me are bottled up in the golden vials upon the golden altar before the golden throne of heaven. They're to be poured out on me and my family whenever we need them. Am I doing okay, Brother Osmond? My godly parents bound sickness, disease, and Satan and sick sin in our home. Did you hear me? 
and loose the power of God upon our lives through, first of all, prayer. They tied the unseen world to our humble quarters. They prayed in groceries and clothing and rent and furnishings and car payments and gasoline. That's the only method I knew as a child. If you don't have it, pray for it. If you need it, pray for it. If the cow got down, we prayed about it. Because, you see, it was milk and cornbread that kept us alive. That's in Popsy's book. If the crops failed, pray about it. If the car stopped, we prayed about it and shoved it till it started. One man walked up here to me and told me this morning that I prayed for him years ago and his car had blown up. I prayed for him and his car. He still got his car. One me. One me. But I know, the, I know I tied that world to this world. If you needed a miracle, pray about it. I got up one night when I heard him praying after midnight, peeped out. What I saw and heard marked my life. I marked. With the moon shining on his sweet face and the tears coursing down his precious cheeks, I heard him pray, God, I don't have any groceries to feed my family. I don't have a car payment. It's overdue. I don't have any gas money to go to Nacogdoches, Etoll, Woden, River Bottom to pray for the sick. Early the next morning, I heard a knock on the door. And a man with a box full of groceries crying and saying, Brother Gibson, I had delayed paying my tithes. God woke me up and told me I'd better find you and pay my tithes or he was going to take everything I had. You don't want that. Prayer changes things. That was our oil painting in my home. Prayer changes things. It was printed in large, bold letters on construction paper with paste and then sprinkled with silver so it would sparkle. It worked. It worked then, and it'll work today. It molded and shaped my life. What I have never fades. I wouldn't trade anybody in the world for anything they've got for what I have. No moth, no rust, no thief can remove my parents' prayers. No, nor steal the apostolic doctrine and Bible instruction they gave to me. All the riches of the Queen of England are cheap in comparison. That deposit is as secure for me today as when my parents made it years and years and years ago. In fact, it's bearing compound interest every day. I'm richer by far than Rockefeller, Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey, or Warren Buffett. I am. But I really feel that way. I'm not just trying to get... I'm not just trying to preach a good sermon. I'm not a preacher. You need a drink? Mine didn't help you. You got to get your own drink. <coughs> oh, and let me just tell you something. Now I can fail in passing on my godly heritage. But I would be, as Jesus called the rich farmer, I'd be a fool to waste it to tarnish it and to not pass it on to my children and their children's children. Thank you, Gentry. Moth, rust, and no thief can destroy what I'm talking about. They can't even diminish it. It's been laid up for me and mine. It's a priceless treasure. I don't intend to crack the door and let some thief get in and steal it. Moths or rust corrupt it or thorns choke it or some flying vulture fly by and snatch it away. And there's something else that can't be taken from you if you seek first the kingdom of God, and that's a good marriage. Listen closely, men. Listen closely. That deposit is to be eternal. 
It's a salt covenant till death do us part. And if you're here and that's not the case, my merciful God and the blood can straighten all things out for you. And that beautiful object lesson that Brother Dean gave us last night can cancel your past and determine your future. One of the reasons I married my beloved Gerald was because he challenged me by his impeccable life and total commitment. The man was married to God. Ask his son. His mission and his message. He lived in the presence of God and dialogued with him every day. His lips moved. And if Larry Clark is here, I said, Larry, why are you doing this all the time? He said, I saw Popsy do it and it worked for him. It'll work for me. He lived in his presence, prayed through the tabernacle plan for 70 years. He, he, he allowed me and encouraged me to become all I could be without feeling threatened or intimidated. He knew who he was. He prayed over me every night before we fell asleep for 67 years. 67 years of shared ministry, preaching, singing, praying, fasting, revival, reaching the lost, loving people and giving our all to save them and laughing through the tears was our strong bond he challenged me released me nurtured me trained me and taught me everything i know those were his own words he would say i know you'd rather hear lane or anthony but don't forget i taught them everything they know <laughs> thieves do not break through and steal that kind of marriage sarah called abraham lord because he treated her lordly you want her to be sweet, treat her sweetly. You just keep stroking that little old cow, she'll keep giving milk. I know Eve has always been blamed for the Garden of Eden mess, but please indulge me. God never told Eve not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It was before she was ever brought forth from Adam's side. He commanded the man, Adam, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat thereof, for in the day that thou do. He was her husband. He was to be the band around her. Man is the starting point. It all starts with you, man. Be a man. Be a family man. Be a churchman. Paul said, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Quit you like men. Be strong. All of those men he named, both of them, most, most of them were broke, paupers, poor. David took them and made them mighty men. Don't pass any man up. Take him and make him what he ought to be. And the living Bible says it like this. It's got to touch you before it touches anybody else. I'm not going to, I'm running out of time, but they didn't give this to me until 1130. It takes an hour for me to get started. You didn't know that, did you? Well, I'm just about through. Just give me just a few more. I'm just about through. You're the head. You're the lover, spiritual leader, guardian, provider, protector, teacher in her home, teacher in the home. You are the laborer. You are the priest of your home. If you're not fulfilling your duty as a head under Christ, what can your praying, godly, submissive wife do? Be a man. Man, you are the husband. These are marriages. It's called love. These are marriages that do not rust. They do not fall apart. They're as strong as the hour the knot was, knot was tired. There's a touch of paradise about such lives. They sparkle now more than ever. 
that kind of treasure can be yours and oh what a treasure but if you bank among the bookies of this world system you'll be eaten rusted and looted I can show you example after example but if you bank in heaven you'll be as safe as though you were already inside the pearly gates you're working on a building rare and I heard my pastor say you cannot build a skyscraper or an Empire State building on a dollhouse foundation so cherish your family, adore your wife, love and hug on your children, protect them and train them to love. Example it in the home. If it doesn't work there, it won't work anywhere else. Husbands at the helm, be the lover. Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift, that's why it's called the present. If you ever plan to serve God, say you better hurry. If you plan to save your family, say you better hurry. Before you know it, life will be over. Treasure every moment that you have and treasure it more because you share it with someone special, special enough to have your time. And remember, time waits for no one. Look at me and Brother Cox, Senior Brother Cox. And I know one that was found dead in the bed just three or four weeks ago. Excuse me. One pastor preached, walked to his chair, dropped dead with a heart attack. One died in the pulpit. Another cancer. We're made for transplanting. Don't give your brief and fragile life to anything that can rust or deteriorate or be stolen. I've watched thieves break through and steal. They leave empty lives. I have watched what was beautiful become rusty and useless. Moth, rust, thieves have taken a full toll. Now there's nothing left. The bright lights attracted the moths. Carnality, lust, lukewarmness, indifference, the deceptiveness of the gradual bring the rust. And the rush, rush, rush demands daily living invites the thieves. The choice is yours. Do you enjoy things more than God and the house of God? Your family, your home, your wife and your children? Do you spend more on things and entertainment? Do you spend more time uh, uh, doing this than you do at church? Do you give at least what seems to be God's basic reference? Or do you wish you didn't even have to give anything at all? Is it easier to go hunting, fishing, golfing than it is to go to church? I would rather watch a ball game uh, than to go hear my pastor preach. Where are you banking? Where are you investing? Be careful. You can lose it all. I'm talking to men who have made decisions before God. And I'm closing. A couple took early retirement from their jobs in the Northeast a few years back. He was 59, she was 51. Now they live in Florida where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler, play softball and collect shells. Now picture them before Jesus Christ at the great day of judgment. Look, Lord, look at my shells. Look at all my stuff. Look at my position. Look at all my possessions, my letterheads, my resume. If that's all you have to show for your life on this earth, what a tragedy. What a waste. I had a dream. I was in my late 30s. I was at the judgment seat of Christ before I ever wanted to be. I've never feared the rapture since I've been a mature lady because I've obeyed the gospel and I'll repent every night before I go to bed. But when I think of the judgment seat of Christ, Paul said, I keep one eye on that and one eye on this world. I know the terror of the Lord. Therefore, I persuade men. 
people in my path are going to get enough of loving that they will never forget me because I'll meet them somewhere at a judgment. If not at the judgment seat of Christ, at the great white throne judgment, I'll be banked in that judgment with the Lord and the apostolic age while the prophetic age is over here. And whoever that is could point up there and say, that woman passed me every day. I know her well. She never told me nothing about how to get out of all of this mess. I had a dream about it. I saw the righteous judge of the whole earth standing yonder somewhere behind a huge podium. And the great book was being opened. And millions so rapidly moved with such rapidity for their judgment. I was there before I wanted to be. When he looked down upon me and I looked up into his face, I awoke my beloved screaming and pulling on my night clothes. Forgive me. If I haven't done well, he can't say well done. If I haven't done well, he can't say well done. So intelligence from another world is ruling my life. Intelligence from another world named Cyrus, a heathen king to be king 200 years before he was ever born. Intelligence from another world can speak into my mind and get into my thoughts and disclose everything that I need to know. If I haven't done well, I'm my closing words to every one of you precious, precious men for allowing me this privilege and listening to me with love and respect. Be a wise man. Make a wise investment. You could lose it all. That's why I sing. Take, take, take it all. Take it all. What this old world can offer me, take it all. Sing it, Tim. For 100 years from now, it's not going to matter anyhow what the world can offer me. Take it all. Take it all. Take it all. What this old world can offer me, take it all. For 100 years from now, it's not going to matter anyhow. What the world can offer me, take it all. Take it all. I wish you'd sing it with me. Take it all. Take it all. Take it all. Say what the world can offer me. Take it all. All the way to the back, sing it. Take it all. For 100 years from now, it's not going to matter anyhow what the world can offer me. Take it all, 
Take it all. Take it all. What the world can offer me. For 100 years from now, it won't matter anyhow you're the best and what I'm this not. world can offer me. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Take it all. It won't matter whether you're the best or I'm the best. Take it all. What this world, what this world can offer me. Take it all. For 100 years from now. For 100 years from now. It's not going to matter. It won't matter this what world can offer me, take it all, take it all, take it all, what this world